You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1100. And I assume you were mailing 10 units this time and you found someone with land. Is that, is that what happened? Or hotels? <laughs> uh, single families. Single families. Actually, the, sing- the hotel was a single family too. And not to totally deviate, but ironically, the hotel was a single family house who called and said, I will sell, but I want to sell everything that I own in this town. And it was a single family house, a 40 unit hotel, a 23 unit apartment, and a 15 unit apartment. We bought all 79 units off the guy. So one letter. Wow. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hello, Rhino Nation. It is me, Brent Bowers, your landman. Today, I have an amazing episode for you. And this guy, his name is Dave. He's a very successful podcast host. He hosts from military to millionaire. I actually met him by getting on his podcast almost two years ago. And this guy's incredible. Like He was in the military. He was actually in the Marines. And he started out by doing a 24-hour post, a 24-hour duty that he had. And he started out by writing letters. He started out writing 120 handwritten letters. So this guy was doing an all, all basically a 24-hour shift, and he was using his time wisely and taking action where he found his first real estate deal. And then it turned into a second real estate deal. And then eventually it turned into 79 units plus a hotel. And then, my favorite, he did a land deal by mailing houses. So today, we're going to break it down. We're going to jump right into the episode and hopefully enjoy. What's going on, David? Good to have you. Glad you could make it. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. This is going to be fun. So glad to have you on here. You've had me on your podcast twice now, from military to millionaire. You've done over 200 episodes, amazing podcast. If you haven't heard it, definitely check it out. I've had the pleasure of being on there twice. And now I get you on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And thank God you talked to me about your land deal. That's what piqued me to get you on here. But you've done so many other things. <laughs> and I'd like to talk a little bit about that. You know, what did your military career look like? Why did you start from military to millionaire? Now you're an author. Like you've got a lot of things going on. So, you know, where did this all come from? Where did this stem from? Like what drove you to do all this? Why didn't you just stay in the military? A lot of good topics to be had there. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm Dave. I joined the Marine Corps in 08 because I didn't know what else to do with my life. I didn't have money for school. I didn't know what I wanted to do in school. And I grew up in Arkansas. So I was like, ah, I need to leave. Marine Corps sounded fun. So I was like, ooh, adventure. I traveled the world a lot. Then I liked it enough that I stayed around. And after seven years-ish, I was was working really long hours, stuck on recruiting duty. And I had no money, didn't really have a way out. Like, I don't necessarily hate this, but I don't have like, I don't have any other option, right? I'd like to have another option. Someone handed me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that kind of sparked, you know, everything, right? I was like, Ooh, passive income, real estate. This is cool. And so I bought a duplex, lived in one half. I rented the other half. And then I was an enlisted dude with like a negative net worth. So it took me like two years to save up for another property. How did you buy that duplex? Did you use your VA loan? No. uh, You know, it's funny. I've actually never used the VA loan. Um, what? Wow. I've helped people buy like $50 million worth of houses with the VA loan in the last two, three years. So my the first time I went to use it, the lender told me that you could only use it one time. And he's like, don't waste it on an $80,000 duplex. 
So I used an FHA, um, okay. which is still an okay loan product, but he was wrong. You can definitely use the VA loan more than once. Yeah. Um, you could do it so, as long as yeah, you could use I should it have, twice. should have used it. As long as it's 60 miles apart, I believe. It's 60 miles apart. There's all kinds of stipulations. I know a guy who's used it four times. I know guys who've bought million-dollar properties, $2 million properties, $2.5 million properties. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy things you can do with the VA loan. But then I, you know, and then I've kind of moved to more expensive areas where I didn't have enough of a income to qualify for a high enough mortgage to justify using it. And then I got out of the military and I'm unbankable because my tax returns all have enough write-offs <laughs> to not show income. So, you know, now I'm kind of stuck in that weird spot where it's like, I make money, but not on paper. So I can't qualify for a primary mortgage, even though I can qualify for buying millions of dollars worth of investment properties. <laughs> but... Well, you hit on another thing too. What is negative equity? You did you is that the word you use? Negative equity. Oh, I said negative net worth. Negative network or net worth. What the heck does that mean? I thought you said negative equity. Just means I had a lot more debt than I had money. Oh, um, none of us have that was, problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it wasn't good debt though. It was not. It was not any of that. It was like Harley car. You know no actual cash or assets at all. <laughs> it was, uh, that was a train wreck, you know? I mean, I was, there were, there, there are worse people. I still had a decent credit score, but I mean, it was like, I made all of the typical Marine Corps mistakes, right? Alcohol tattoo, chicks, cars, motorcycle, firearms, you name it, right? I lived life. It was great, but no, like nothing, nothing to show for it. <laughs> I joined the military for seven years. I was in the Marine Corps, and all I have to show for it is this tattoo. <laughs> well, what does it look like now? So you got out. Yeah. Uh, so I finished. I did 13 years active. So in that in that five and a half, six-year window from when I first bought my duplex. Actually, I'm, I'm selling that duplex. I'm under contract to sell the end of next month. It'll be exactly seven years to the day from purchase. But in that five and a half, six-year window between first purchase until EAS, went from that negative net worth to you know, million dollar, quote unquote, uh, net worth on paper, financially free, making more money out of the military than in, um, was able to walk out, haven't had to take a job again, have a full-time W2 assistant who works in my office, have a couple of virtual assistants that work online, a couple 1099 employees have had, have kind of tried to build a full-time wholesaling company, realized I didn't really like it and sold it, uh, <laughs> done some land deals, done some multifamily, bought a hotel. I mean, done some syndication stuff as a kind of as a co-sponsor partnered with people on I mean we've kind of dabbled in everything kind of my my thing at this point is more like the creative space I think um, I like the if I can find it basically I tell people I'm a I'm a buy and hold guy okay and the aspect that I will hold on to anything I can hold on to that will pay me to hold on to it and I will finance it in any way I can finance it that will allow me to hold on to it and it'll pay me so I've got Hotel, apartments, RV park, that land piece of land we talked about. I've done seller financing. I've done lease options. I've done rent to own. I've, I've done deals where I just brought people together and got an equity stake with no capital involved and no operations. I just was like, hey, I brought the deal guy and the money guy. Thanks for 10%. Uh, just create people raise. You know, I mean, I've done all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. So that is like mind boggling. So you're just creating this. You're, you're, holding it, you're buying whole guy and you're getting paid monthly for it sounds like a many, many deals that you have put together. Let's step back. Like how did you get there? You know, how did you get to that assistant? Like what did the second deal look like? Because it sounds like it sounds like you were 
pretty much had no job after well, you left the military. Yeah. So what was the next step? Like, well, how did, I mean, a, a lot of this happened while I was still in. Yeah. Okay. I want to put myself in the shoes of the, of the listener. Like, okay, Dave's doing tremendously well. He's got over 200 episodes on from military to millionaire. He's a millionaire on paper. He's about to sell this duplex after seven years. What did the second property look like? How did that one come about? The second property was a 10 unit. I was sending direct mail letters that I was handwriting because I was a glutton for punishment. I was sitting, you'll appreciate this because you were in the military. I was on a 24 hour post on duty yeah. and I had a yellow legal pad and I wrote 120 letters by hand and I got, you know, arthritis. I swear it was terrible. My hand was cramping up. I'm like shaking it out, writing these stupid letters. Swore I would never handwrite letters again, but wrote like 120 <laughs> letters out and I was mailing them out for uh, duplexes and I, back in Missouri. And I got a letter back that said, or a call back that said, you know, I have this duplex. I'm not interested in selling it, but I have a 10 unit. Would you be interested in my 10 unit? Well, maybe. I mean, that's bigger than I had only bought the, t the duplex. So I was like, oh, I'll sell yeah. it out of my comfort zone, but let's talk through the numbers. And he wanted 225 or 240. Uh, we went back and forth. I got him to 225. We agreed. This is in Missouri in 2017. Uh, the numbers made sense to 225. It's like a class C minus, maybe D plus property, not super nice. 225, go back and forth. And then when we went in for the inspection, you know, we found some stuff. And so I got them to like 12.5 ish in a seller credit, but it was a, done as a seller carry. And so basically what I, what I ended up structuring out of this thing was the bank financed 85% of the closing. And then the seller carried 10% down as a second. And I brought like, it was like 4.9% down. So it was $10,990. I just looked at the HUD the other day because I was talking about it to someone. It was like $10,990 and some change to the closing on a $212,500 purchase because we dropped the purchase price from two twenty-five to two twelve-five, And then he did the carry. That's kind of how we negotiated all that. And then I sold it actually uh, earlier this year for three forty. And I had already refied at one point. You know, that, that's probably my favorite deal actually to date. But yeah, I, I was in for, I bought it for basically 11 grand down with a, the seller carry that I refinanced out of 18 months later. And then the bank note that was 85% of the purchase. So now did you, deal. did you rent it out to cover carrying costs while, while you held the property? Did you have positive income each month while you were holding it? Uh, most months. Uh, so like a break even, basically. It had its moments. I had a, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it cash flowed over all, but okay. I had a, like I had an instance where I had a tenant who died in one of the units and he died, like must've been like within a week of paying rent and he didn't have family. So no one noticed till, like, oh. a month later. And it was like August in Missouri with like a window unit that didn't work. And we had to pay like industrial cleaners to come in and like, I mean, strip the paint, strip the flooring, you know, whatever. And then we had to, because he had no family, we had to cremate him. We had to like take all his belongings and put him in a storage unit for 90 days in case someone like came to claim him. It was like a six or $7,000 hit, I think overall on a four fifty a month, $500 a month unit. Oh, right. Man. So that alone can wipe out. I mean, it's yeah. a 10 unit, so it didn't wipe yeah. out the entire tire place's cash flow, but it wiped out that unit's cash flow for like 14 months. Man, that's the so. things that we don't hear about when we go to these weekend seminars and say own 100 houses or 100 units. See, that's that's new. That's the first time. I, like we've looked at houses that 
the seller or the person that died in it and their dog was eating them. You know, that's about the best story I have when Oof. it comes to houses, but that's a new one. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get back to the numbers. You know, 340,000 is what you sold it for. How, how long did you own it? I bought it. Actually, you know, I actually sold that one on the same day that I bought it as well. Exactly five years, no, four years, four years to the day later. All right. So four years, 48 months, so, 12, 24, 36, 48. So 48 months and you bought it for, you sold it for 340. You bought it for what? 225. Is that what you said? 212 and a half. 212 or 212, 500. I've got my calculator out. 212, yep. 500. You made $127,000 net profit in 48 months. Let's just divide that by four years. That's like what some people make per year on one property, 31000 And you say you broke even. But here's the thing. You probably had some principal reduction yep. paying down that mortgage. You also had cost segregation or tax oh, deductions yeah. where you probably didn't pay Uncle Sam. So if you look at it, you probably made like thirty, forty, almost $40,000 a year off of one deal where here's – and I want to break down some things. You talked about the 24-hour post. We call it like – uh, CQ or guard duty and, and the army. Those were the worst times of my life. 24 hours. You're not allowed to sleep. And most of the time, like most of my NCOs or my other officer friends, cause I pulled it a lot when I was enlisted and it was terrible. Yeah. And a lot of times these guys would bring TVs and play video games all night or watch movies all night. You were writing 120 letters to duplex owners and pulled a 10 unit out of it. You know, if you're listening to this and you're in the military or you pull some type of shift like that, my friend that was just here, uh, he used to be in the military. Now he's a, a tech guy. He works for Orlando. He does timeshares, but he is their, their uh, cybersecurity guy. He said he works like one hour a day in his eight-hour shift. He could be writing letters for the other seven hours, becoming a multimillionaire on paper. So kudos to you, Dave, for, for just using your time wisely. We all get the same 24 hours in a day. Some of us use it very wisely. Some of us play video games. And, you know, maybe video games light your fire or charge your batteries. I'm not down. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not a good thing to do with your time. I personally don't do it. I, too, have written a lot yeah. of letters. And uh, you talk about seller carry. You know, just for anybody listening to this, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, you got the seller to hold the financing for this 10-unit apartment complex. He was, the, he was being the bank, so he's going to make interest on his money. You were able to get into this deal with eleven thousand dollars out of your own pocket, and then you talked about HUD. Basically, that's a seller. Yeah, the cash. So, say that again. The cash. The, I was just saying the, the cash on cash return on that thing is pretty. Uh, eleven grand into one hundred and thirty over four years is a pretty sweet ROI. But yeah, he carried the whatever it was twelve twelve five or whatever uh, back that that part of the down payment or no, it was more than that. He carried ten percent, so he paid. He carried twenty one. 21250 or whatever that math is back for and we did it originally as a 60 month note so you know five year note i think it was at 5% interest for you know i don't remember the exact terms but ultimately i refied 18 months later when rates kind of came down to get him out of that uh, because the property had gone up enough in value and i actually was taking the, a chunk of change out of it to buy into a hotel and so I paid him off effectively 18 months into that five years. Well, there wasn't a prepayment penalty. So if you, you know, anyone who knows anything about 
how amortization cycles work and seller financing and all that other stuff. If you pay somebody off 18 months into a 60 month seller financing, I effectively paid him like 1% interest on the maybe one and a half percent interest on the, on the loan. So. Wow. That, and, and you took the second property and turned it into a hotel. So you used equity or refinance from your 10 unit, your second property, and now you're buying a hotel. Like that's uncommon right there. Not too many people are doing that. That's, that's phenomenal. And it came from writing letters while you're in, you know, (laughs) in the military. Fascinating. So you talked about cash on cash return and that made me think a little bit. You took 11,000 because you had to show up to the closing table with $11,000. And a lot of people might be thinking, oh my God, I don't have 11,000, but hang there with me for a second. You took 11,000 and turned it into 120 something thousand dollars in four years. If I were to ask, you know, anybody listening to this, give me 11, I'll give you 127 back in four years. You would be like, no, you're crazy. That's too good to be true. Absolutely not. And here you did it. You had the seller finance, you had a bank financing. Oh, you probably had an insurance company too, protecting you and hedging your bet in case the thing burnt down because, you know, these sometimes tenants are crazy. Like we have a, a lake house yep. and we Airbnb it from time to time. We came in there the other day. We went in there the other day and they purchased all these candles. Like, and they like, like people love to put candles in windows when there's like, <laughs> curtains and i was like thank god we have insurance <laughs> man yeah and the i think the replacement cost on that insurance was like 350 so i mean if, you know if the place had burned down i would have been good for almost yeah. double what i had originally paid for it built a brand new building or you know walked away from it and just you know focused on your hotel yep. well, we keep these wholesaling ink episodes very short because you know people are driving to and from work or you know the gym or whatever I really want to start, I want to break down this land deal. And I know we're like skipping over hundreds of deals that you've done in the past few years, but uh, you kind of teased me about it earlier talking about it. How did you find this land deal? Because you're doing all kinds of deals, hotels, 10 units and two units, and you only brush the surface on all the deals you've done. But how the heck did you find this land deal? Yeah, the vast majority of my deals have either been direct mail or cold callers and I would say 75% of them have been direct mail and, and that uh, land deal was just a postcard. Just a postcard. All right. And I assume you were mailing 10 units this time and you found someone with land. Is that, is that what happened? Or hotels? <laughs> uh, single families. Single families. Actually, the, sing- the hotel was a single family too. And not to totally deviate, but ironically, the hotel was a single family house who called and said, I will sell, but I want to sell everything that I own in this town. And it was a single family house, a 40 unit hotel, a 23 unit apartment, and a 15 unit apartment. We bought all 79 units off the guy. So one letter. Wow. From a house mailer. Yep. One single family house. We bought 2.37 or $2.325 million worth of crap. Wow. Hey, Not you hear that, Rhinos? Sorry. You're mailing houses and you have someone call with 79 units. Figure out a way to solve that seller's problem because at the end of the day, it's not about the real estate. It's about solving that seller's problem, which I assume that, like, yep. what was the problem? Why did he want to get rid of all of it? And that's a major problem. 79 units. <laughs> yeah. And we had to do a lease option for half of it, the hotel. So the long story on that very short is 
he bought the hotel to turn it into assisted living. The city was like, that's the only hotel in town because it's like a town of 2,500 people. And they were like, we're not rezoning it. So he's like, well, this is too much for me to manage. I'm 70. I don't want to manage a hotel. I wanted to just turn it into assisted living and hand it off to somebody. I want to move to Florida and retire. This is now way too active. I can't deal with it. Somebody please take it off my hands. And he got my letter. And he's like, if you're serious, let's talk. And so we bought the hotel or the the house and the two apartments all just purchased in like June. But we went lease option in April on the hotel because he had because of the way it had gone down, he wasn't he just wanted to be done with it. In order to avoid long term capital gains, he couldn't close until September. So he took it over lease uh, option in April April and closed in September. Very creative. Very creative. I can only imagine how many conversations it took with that guy. Was it all over phone or did you meet face to face? On our show, you were talking about when you were in the field, uh, taking phone <laughs> calls. So I worked at the time in a skiff. So in a secure windowless vault in California, and I was fielding these phone calls, sitting in my car, stuffing my face on my lunch break for 20 minutes, you know, in just over a couple of weeks. There you go again, using that time extremely wise you know, using your time very wisely. Wow. Yeah. I remember a lot of, it's just, I remember so many conversations that I had to have in porta potties and bathrooms because, you know, in the military, (laughs) we're not supposed to have a job outside of the military. And I was kind of like an undercover agent. I felt like for so long, just, you know, hiding these deals. And eventually my boss would just start walking in my office and like, Oh, you're doing another land deal. (laughs) So they caught on pretty quickly. Yeah. That's funny. So you mail in house, house owners, and you come across this seller with a piece of land. You know, what did that conversation look like? Yeah, I had no idea what to do with it. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about land at the time. I mean, I talked to you and I talked to uh, Jack Bosch at one point, the only two people I'd ever known who'd done anything with land. Uh, my acquisitions manager had done a little bit with land. And so he helped me out with some comps. And so next door to the building on, so it was owned as a commercial lot. It's a small little lot. On one side was a house and on the other side was a recording studio. And we basically talked to the recording studio and asked if they needed more parking, if they'd ever thought about buying the lot. And the guy just told us that he at one point thought about buying it for $35,000, but <laughs> the title was clouded. And um, well, we were talking with the seller about 8500 bucks, And so we locked it up at eighty five. figured out, hey, you know, we can... Like actually, we didn't even have to clear the title. They had actually gotten; they'd already done the title work. So it was we were buying it as a clear title. We made it contingent on clear title. So we just didn't mention, "Hey, we've already fixed that problem." And so, but we would have been able to fix it ourselves either way. So the intent was just to flip it to him for you know, even. Hey, we'll give it to you for less. We'll give it to you for like twenty eight. You know, you get yeah. a discount, easy day. He ghosted, so that was kind of a pain. <laughs> uh, so I got to then learn about the fun of like people can't really finance raw land very easily. So I get to market on Facebook and Craigslist and deal with spammy people trying to, uh, you know, just weird conversations, but maybe two and a half months. I mean, it wasn't that long of a process. Someone showed up. He was serious. He handed me a check for like 2,500 bucks and he bought it on seller financing with a three-year balloon for $20,000 at 9% interest. And I think by the time we're all said and done, I'll make like $24,000 and yeah, $8,500 purchase. So yeah, pretty sweet. I mean, he's paid now for 11 months. So we get like, you know, 130 bucks a month uh, in on it. And I'm, I'm happy about it. And 25, you said about 25,000 is what you'll make total. Is that what you said? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be right around 24, 25, I think, if, assuming he takes it all the way to the three-year mark when he pays the balloon. 
So you're almost going to 3x your money. You're getting a 9% interest rate. Yep. And I love the fact that the neighbor told you what he would pay for because that kind of shows you, okay, tells me it's worth about 35000 because that's, that's what someone's offering to buy it. But it sounds like he might have ghosted you because he might not have been able to get financing. He didn't realize you would accept yeah. the financing, which is, which is wild. That's phenomenal. And it's that easy, that simple. And you now have, what, what are you making per month on it? I mean, he's paying, I think it's like 132 and I think my taxes on it are like 25 bucks, something like that. So, you yeah, know, like just over a hundred bucks a month doing nothing. There you go. $132. Yeah. I will say the first couple of land deals, I kind of messed up and I didn't charge people taxes. You know, the taxes were say, mm. you know, $120 a year. I should have been building that into the, the payment each month, $10 a month or whatever it was, just dividing the, let's just say it's 1200 a year. You should divide that into a hundred a month. And then we figured out, oh yeah, we could charge a note service fee of $25 for every fee. Because in the beginning, I was talking this, about this on your show from Military to Millionaire. And I had one person bring me $400 a month cash to my doorstep. Had another guy that would send me a check in the mail. And I hate checking the mail, by the way. When I check the mail, I'll look yeah. through it. And if there's no postcards or a card from my in-laws or my parents, like we get rid of it. Uh, I'm looking for the envelopes with the money in it. And another guy, the third guy would send me a money order that he would always forget to sign. That got to be so hard for me to track because I didn't know who was late, who to charge a late fee to. So now we use easynotetracking.com. But we also charge that $25 a month service fee because, you know, these little things add up. When you have 100 notes, that $25 really, really adds up. And then we also started charging a documentation fee oh, yeah. <laughs> of $300 because all these little these little expenses that we eat, the buyers will take care of that. So yeah, for anybody out there, you know, building your land business or, or maybe you're seller financing mobile homes, think about these things. You know, think about the uh, documentation fee and the note service fee and all that. Well, that's a pretty sweet deal. I like it. So are there more land deals on the uh, horizon for you or what's the next deals looking like for you? Or will you just do anything? Yeah, I'll do anything. I would I would definitely do more land deals. I don't know. I mean, I might need to just jump into what you're what you're teaching and do. I've been really trying to figure out the what's next because whatever it is needs to be more passive for me. You know, the reality is that building out the brand and the community is very fulfilling and it takes a lot of time. And so, uh, you know, the the reason I didn't really like wholesaling and flipping is that you have to feed those beasts. Yeah. Wholesaling, I made a ton of money. I mean, don't get me wrong. We did 16 deals the first four months of this year. We were averaging four deals a month. We we're averaging our average wholesale assignment fee was $15,000. Our average flip was thirty dollars to $45,000 net. And we were, we were doing okay, right? That's um, an operation. So That's it was not, money. yeah, it was not, it was not a money issue. It was a every day there were five to 15 times that I had to be like, Oh, okay. I mean, the ghost all this problem, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, and it's, the distractions were eating into the thing that I, the one thing that I woke up excited about every day was the thing that I was having to pull time away from. And so I kind of, when we sold that, I was like, okay, we'll finish up some flips. I do like seeing the finished product on the flip, but I don't like being on the day to day. Um, so I'm trying to figure out if, you know, I, I'm really looking into developing, um, some bigger stuff. I've got some meetings with some big time developers in town that I'm trying to flesh out some ideas there. You know, I don't know. I, I think if I can get involved in more creative stuff where I can be involved either on the finding or financing side or as like a person who brings people together, but I don't want to be 
on the operations side. I don't want to have to be the person that gets called when something goes wrong. And I think if I can stay yeah. away from that side of it, then, you know, so I'm trying to figure out kind of what that is. Cause I, I really do. I love real estate and I love like what you said, I think on the, on my show, the, the art of the deal much more than the inner workings of the deal. Oh yeah. I just want to hear the dynamics of it. I don't want to be there to talk to the title company. I don't want to hear when the seller gets locked out. Like we, we have a couple more, uh, we have a few flips going on. We, we still buy houses because houses come to us from the land marketing. And sometimes we just can't pass up on these deals. Sometimes we'll keep them for the, the tax benefits and the cost segregation. And, uh, you know, just, you know, talk to your CPA about that. I don't quite understand it, but at the end of the day, you buy enough buildings, you hardly pay any taxes. Uh, but we had a, we had a call. My, my assistant had a call from the, the water department saying that we had an unusual amount of water flow at that time. And you think they turned it off? No, they just let it go. And $8,000 later, those things happen. So like, I don't like getting those calls at mm-hmm. all. <laughs> I do like the call when my assistant says, Hey, I reached out to 20 of our, our land buyers and offered them a 10% off discount if they pay their note in full. Cause I, I give her 10% of that, anything she collects. And she tells me, Hey, we just had someone pay off their note. And we get an extra, you know, $30,000 we weren't expecting this month, right before Thanksgiving. It's really fun. So those are the calls I like. So I agree. The whole art of the deal. Yeah. Well, Dave, talk about the brand that you've built with, with, uh, from military to millionaire, the book that you just wrote that I just bought on Amazon. I wish I would have had it already before this podcast. You got a lot going on. <laughs> I know I'm the worst marketer ever. Yeah. So the, the, the no BS guide to military life. Uh, it's basically everything I wish I'd known about just before joining the military, right? It's all the, it's like a chronological, if you're joining the military, like this is all the things I wish I'd known about the thrift savings plan, the VA loan, the schools that are worth going to transitioning out of the military, VA claims, but it it applies to veterans as well, right? Basic investing stuff, basic personal development stuff. I mean, and you can just thumb thumb through it to different topics. It's not like a, something you have to read in order by any means, because it's not a story. It's, Nonfiction, right? Um, <laughs> it's just all the things that I wish someone had told me. So it works. Uh, the brand, you know, it, it started as just a way for me to document my journey. And then it, it kind of just grew legs of its own. Uh, people really got involved and really liked, I think, just the fact that I was consistent and that I was honest about the fact that I wasn't trying to pitch everything. And I was just trying to tell my story and say, this is what I'm learning. This is what I'm working on. Like, I'd love to have you guys along for the ride. And over the last year or two, it's really taken off. I mean, we've got over a quarter million people following on all the social platforms. We've got a mastermind with over 150 people in it. We've got, I mean, it's 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 pretty cool. So it's, uh, you know, if you're a service member or a vet and you're interested in real estate, entrepreneurship, personal finance, or just, I don't know, service members or vets in a community that actually don't tear each other down and talk smack about everyone, then... Uh, Come hang out. We're good people. We don't talk politics. We don't talk shit on each other. And we talk about helping you live a better life. How do people find it? How do people, is there a link website? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of links and websites, but basically if you Google military millionaire or from military to millionaire, you'll find us on whatever platform you want to go to. We're there. We're big enough now that we pop up. Here you have it. You know, Dave's using his time wisely. He's taking action and just getting uncomfortable, not shying away from a 10 unit apartment complex, even though he wanted to buy a two unit. And then going from literally 10 units to a 79 or to a hotel, then another, then 79 units. It's all about just taking action and getting uncomfortable constantly. 
If you're looking to join a community of rhinos that, that teaches you how to get uncomfortable, I want you to go to wholesalinginc.com, fill out the form, schedule a call, and also check out From Military to Millionaire. Uh, Dave's got a great show, great mastermind, and they're doing good things over there. As a veteran myself, you know we don't have to live on a private island. There, there's so much support. There's people out there that have been through what, what uh, you've seen and done, and, and thank you for your service. God bless, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, brother, and right back at you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.